Welcome back, traveler. Your first story again, eh? Well, it's a good thing it's spraining customers. Chairs are all set up in the back, and waitress will see you in a few minutes. Welcome back, traveler. Sorry, the boat just still isn't ready. I enjoy my trips to Lantern. I don't really get to do this that often, and when I finally get the time off to do it, the freaking thing blows up. Well, hopefully it'll be repaired soon. But today, today is a good day, for I have an exciting tale to tell you. The tale of Ronnie, the half-elf bard. The man who will go with the flow on almost anything. Literally, almost anything. If you tell him it's a fad, he would probably give you his left arm. So let me regale to you the ballad of the Chosen Few's tale. Ronnie, the half-elf bard. Ronnie O'Connell, a half-elf bard, hails from the city of Silindia in a world where magic has advanced to the point of integration with technology. Ronnie has taken to the profession of a lounge singer and lives in a world where fads dominate and dictate what is acceptable in social behavior. Ronnie latched on to the fad of lounge singing a few decades ago and was never able to let go. Committed to finding fame with his profession, Ronnie has struggled to bring his voice to the main stage where many different musicians now hold dominance in the electronic age. After a recent failed synthetic humanoid revolution, people have taken to the newfound religion to find solace and peace. The religion of the Shining God has taken a stronghold on the city of Selindia, almost cultish fervor. People are going to the mass in droves, converting their friends, family, and co-workers at every opportunity. People have commented on the ecstatic and happy behavior of the newfound converts, but no one has come forth saying there's an actual issue with the religion itself. Ronnie finds himself in a world in constant flux where he holds on to the flag of his dying profession, hoping to hold out that something will change, even if that means he must change along with it. So, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, what we've been doing with the other players is just saying how they got into D&D, if it's recent for you or whatever, then tell me a bit about Ronnie O'Connell. I'm Evan, so I never really played D&D. I played a lot of D&D video games. I played a lot of Icewind Dale and Baldur's mm -hmm. Gate and Planescape. I played a bit of like D&D derivative sort of stuff. So yeah, Ronnie is super short, got Napoleon complex. He is a lounge singer. He's been doing this for many years. He's now 37, still holding on to this sweet trend that was popular 20 years ago. He plays the electric keyboard, the lute, and the bass lute. Well, where we start you off? You sit down at your piano on the small stage. The smell of stale beer and cigarette smoke is overwhelming for someone not used to this, but it's not too different from your place, so you don't mind. As you look out into the crowd, you see a few familiar faces. The half-orc bartender, Nelson, who always shot you an invite to play a gig when he had some spare cash. A couple of regulars who you bum a smoke off of every now and then, and your friend Sarah, a halfling who recently took to this new fad of converting to the Church of the Shining God. You can tell because this god-awful necklace is around your neck with this sunburst and this set of smiling teeth. Why don't you roll me something to perform your instrument? So you're, I imagine you're playing your keyboard up there? Yeah. So roll me a performance check. Nice. Alright, so 22. Damn. 
So you actually rock this stage with your music and people are rather surprised. They stop what they're doing and stop whatever conversations they're having while you just, you're up there and you lose yourself in the music. Sarah even stops trying to convert people for half a minute so that she can listen to her song. And when it's all said and done, you get off the stage and there's, you know, the meager applause because there's not a whole lot of people here. And you sit down in the bar and Nelson slides you a whiskey. Why do you keep this up, Ronnie? It's been years and it's gotten you nowhere. What do you mean? I'm performing every night. I get uh, drinks. I get one drink every night. Free. Yeah, but no one knows your name. Don't you want to be famous or something? No one knows my name. It's on top of the uh, marquee right now. Damn it, Ronnie. That's just because I put it up there. Well, you know who I am. <laughs> I guess. So you've been up to lately? Well, woke up about a half hour before the set. Had a drink. Had a smoke. Played my set. Now I'm here. Damn, you don't do a hell of a lot, do you? Did you see me on that stage? I gotta rest up. Yeah, for once you were actually pretty good, I have to say. So he goes back to cleaning the cups and everything around there, as a bartender always does behind the bar. This one lady walks up to you, and it's strange, because the culture you're in right now, everybody wears more modern-day clothing, but this woman comes up to you wearing these sort of historic wizarding robes, and she has an actual staff, which no one walks around with anymore. And this strange purple-black runes go all along her staff. And she comes up to you and says, I just heard your performance out there. I have to say, that was amazing. Hey there, pretty lady. Can I buy you a drink? You know what? You sure can. And she sits down beside you, and she slides a card towards you. And you look down and see that it's for Merlin's Sweet Beats, which is one of the biggest music production companies in the city. Hey, bartender, what can I get for two gold? Two gold, Ronnie. I'll get you the good stuff. All right, well, get that for me and get the lady a water. So he does just that. (laughs) So he sets down the water in front of her. She looks at it, looks up at you. She smiles and says... Well, aren't you just charming? How would you feel about having a contract with my company? Hey, you know, I don't come cheap. Uh, I'm going to need at least three or four drinks a day and a pack of smokes every week. She starts laughing at this and, oh, I'm, I'm sure we could arrange that. But Ronnie, I came in here thinking that This bar was just a place where they put dead bodies, and then I heard your music, and I have to say, I was very surprised. You don't hear that kind of music these days. Why do you stick to this? Stick to what? I'm not sure what you mean. Uh... The lounge singing, it was a fad quite a while ago, but I mean, these days, everybody's into the synthetic voices and the strange electronic music. Ah, you know that stuff's all just a fad. You gotta keep it, keep it real with uh, my sweet Casio and my bass lute. I tell you what, I'll come here again tomorrow, and I'll have the paperwork for you to fill out. But if you are serious, I can look up to setting you up for a few albums and getting you a tour going. I have a strong position in this company. And one thing you notice while you're talking to her is that she has yellow eyes, which is 
very uncommon. I mean, there are people that go out and get surgery to get different things done to them where they can get cat's eyes or something like that. But hers just seemed this natural piercing yellow. I forgot to introduce myself. The name's Dorum Highfire. And she extends her hand. Hey, nice to meet you. I'll see you tomorrow, Ronnie. And she just gets up and walks on out, leaving her water. Hey, Barkeep, why don't you uh, put a little gin in this water? I don't know if you want the water from here, Ronnie. Last time you had the water, you didn't show up for a few days. Well, you gotta celebrate somehow. So he pours some gin in that water, he looks at it, and shrugs, and then pushes it towards you. So what do you do for the remainder of the night? What uh, time is it? It's probably about 9, 10 o'clock. I think I'm just going to uh, go outside and have a smoke and maybe go back to my apartment and pack, start packing up my stuff. Alrighty. What does your apartment look like when you get there? It's a single loft apartment. There's a bedroll on the ground that I sleep on. There's just a pile of clothes and no no dresser or anything like that just pretty barren and then uh several different keyboards and other musical instruments you're damn near squatting the only difference is you pay for rent uh yeah pretty much the next day comes around and you get up do your usual routine having a few drinks trying to find clothes that smell like they haven't been worn too much and then you make it down to the bar, and lo and behold, she's there waiting for you with a number of papers and a pen. Hey, where do I sign? Oh, I'm glad you're so eager. Here are the papers if you want to read over them, and here's the pen. And she points down to a few areas. Does he read over them, or would he just sign immediately? Uh, he can't read, so he just signs. Okay, so you're saying he's illiterate? Uh, yeah. All you can, you know... He can read his name. Uh, he can read a bar tab. Okay. So nothing big and fancy. So you just sign right away. She slowly smiles and says, I look forward to seeing you on stage. I actually have a show for you. It'll be in about a day. But this band actually canceled, and we're able to get you on a late-night talk show. You'll have to answer a few questions, but... You'll be able to play your music on stage, and it'll be a live performance, so people will see it on TV. Well, sounds like a reason to celebrate. Better go get me another drink. White. And then she waves to the bartender, and Nelson, without a word, comes over, and he sets down just two bottles. One bottle is a very fine wine that it seems strange that he would have it at the bar, and the other bottle is just a, your usual drink, uh, whiskey that you take. Please, the celebrating's on me. This is a momentous occasion for the company. Hey, you're a good man. Uh, job's finally paying off. I have to say, Ronnie, I think things are going to start looking up for you. So roll me a constitution check. Oh, I got a five. You get wasted. You drink it fast, you drink it hard, you don't put much mix in, and it hits you like a rock because you probably haven't eaten a whole lot. Sounds good. While you're there, she sticks around for a little bit while drinking wine. Ronnie, do you have uh, anyone else you're tied to that we have to move you? We have an apartment that we're starting to set up for you. You'll be able to move just after this show. While you're actually performing, we'll move your boxes for you. Just 
Be sure to give me an address, and I'll go there and pick up the things. Nope. Uh, just me. All right, perfect. If you could write down your address, that would be wonderful. Hey, uh... Yeah, let me write, just write that down. Uh, hey, Nelson, you remember my address, right? Can you just uh, write it down for that lady? He once more comes over without saying a word and writes down the address. Roll an insight. Insight, wisdom, or intelligence? It's wisdom. Okay, 16. There's something off about him. He's usually fairly talkative, and he enjoys good rapport, but he's been very quiet and almost subservient. Hey, what's wrong, Nelson? You're usually more talkative than this. I'm, I'm fine, Ronnie. I'm just not feeling too well. And he goes back to cleaning things behind the counter. Oh, don't mind him, Ronnie. But I think you should go back to your place. You're probably going to need to sleep this off. And I will see you in two days. I'll have a car come by your address to pick you up. All right, sounds good. So what do you do over the next few days? Do you just relax, or how do you spend your time? Let's see. Yeah, I'm just going to say I relax, because I don't think there's anything I can do so much right now. Okay. Do you do your usual of just hanging out at the place, maybe stealing someone's Wi-Fi? Because I imagine you have a phone of some sorts. I don't think this world's that cell phone equipped. So just more like a, like 80s era television, all that kind of stuff? I steal someone's car phone. Yeah, I break into someone's car and, and use their car phone. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you have a pretty good time just relaxing because you know everything is going good for you. You spend that small amount of money that you were saving up because you don't care anymore. And everything's going well. The few days roll up. And lo and behold, at the time that she specified, the car rolls up. And it is a very nice vehicle that you don't think you've ever rode in in probably a number of years since this kind of era was really popular for lounge singing. Now, when things were popular with lounge singing... Was Ronnie doing fairly well? No, because he was just starting the same as everyone else. Like, literally everyone in this world was a lounge singer. Did he ever manage to land any kind of specific gigs or big gigs or anything like that? Uh, no, he just outlasted everyone else. Okay, so more determination than skill? Yeah. Okay, you get into the vehicle that pulled up for you. And when you look at the driver, you see that it's a synthetic. These robots are created through fusing bits and pieces of different kinds of life energy that they've managed to collect, and they fuse it with magic and put it into these robotic beings, and they're very subservient. Recently, with the later models, they've started to show trends of thinking for themselves, dreaming, showing signs of stable life, and... They tried to lead a revolution, but it failed, and that happened maybe two years ago. So things are a little tense with people in synthetics, but right now they're currently all registered and still under the control of other people. Hey, take me away, can man. So he starts driving, he looks into the mirror. Are you new with the company? Yeah, first day. I see. And the rest of the drive, unless you talk to him, is fairly quiet. Better catch some Z's while I travel. So you get there, you pass out fairly quickly in the vehicle, as people who drink a lot tend to do. And you wake up when you get there with a sharp, sudden halt, and you're led into this very large building where you know a lot of recording actually happens. 
you're quickly ushered into a dressing room. They sit you down in a chair and you're sitting in this dressing room and watching a small screen showing what's happening out on the stage. You see the hostess, she's making a few jokes about synths, thinking there's still people and people are just eating all this up. And the makeup artist, Gnome, she's working in front of you and finishing up your makeup and she sprays the perfect amount of hairspray on your pompadour, which is, of course, a full can. And stares concerned, well, I tried. You look good anyhow. They're, they're going to call you out in a minute to play your piece. They call you out in a moment and you walk out on stage and I need you to make a performance check and a perception check. Uh, performance, so uh, plus roll is 13. And then uh, perception, 8. You don't notice anything while you're playing. You're, it's one of your first actual televised gigs, so you're pretty focused on making sure your music's good. And when it finishes, the crowd claps, and they're super happy and cheering for you. You hear a few of those ear-piercing whistles that people do with their pinky fingers. And then the hostess, she leads you to a chair sitting near her desk. That was wonderful, Ronnie. Everyone, let's give another applause for Ronnie O'Connell. And everyone's clapping and cheering. You see the Magi lights uh, floating above you and illuminating the area. There's a few of these recording orbs that are floating over the crowd, sort of zooming in on your area. So, Ronnie, I have to ask, have you joined this recent fad of the Church of the Shining God? Hey, their new fad? Where do I join? <laughs> well, I'm sure any people in this crowd will help you out. So, Ronnie, how long have you been a musician? My whole life. My whole life is music. Of course it is. So, what were your inspirations? Well, one day, disc fell from the sky, and as you know, everyone here heard it, and everyone loved that sweet Dean Martin. So, I just kept playing that until I was the best at it. It was remarkable that this music seemed to come out of some sort of wayward portal. How did that synth uprising make you feel? There was an uprising? I've been so busy I didn't even notice. She genuinely looked surprised. Well, it's good to see a musician who's so focused on his work. There's a few more questions, a little bit of banter that happens between you and the show hostess before you're eventually played off, and you walk out back to the dressing room, and Dorham's there waiting for you. That was fantastic. Hey, when do I get paid? Ronnie, we got your pay waiting for you in your new apartment. And she hands you this, it looks like a key card, to get into your apartment. The driver will take you there, and here's the number of uh, your apartment. It's room 605. All of your many boxes have been transported there. Well, sounds like reason to celebrate. There a bar near here? Actually, I saw to it that we stocked your fridge for you and your cupboards. It seems you have a very specific liquid diet, and I wanted to make sure you had the best. All right, let's go. So both you get back in the car of that synth driver who seemed to be waiting there, and he takes you off to this very fancy high-rise. And you get there, there's a doorman who nods to you, and you get led into this elevator, and it takes you all the way up to the sixth floor. You get out, and you're in one of those 
fancy hallways where it's like the carpeted ground and the really swanky wallpaper and the wall scones. She leads you to your room and you open it up and it's about five or six times the size of what you are currently living in. You look around and the whole place has been fully furnished. So she walks into your place and says, come on, check it out. Oh, how many other people live here? It's just you. Man, this is bigger than my whole old building. Did you tell your landlord that you were moving out? They seem to be uh, a bit troublesome. Oh, man, forgot about him. That's okay. We took care of it. Now, as for the agreement and the contract, we're taking care of your rent and utilities for you, so you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And there is pay waiting for you on the counter, as well as your fridge and cupboards are fully stocked with food and drink. All right, time to party. All right, so you sit down and, you know, you crack open one of the nearest cupboards. You got all the bar stools, the island, and you immediately find this place is just set to the nines. Is there anything else I can get you? I do have to head off. There's a few things I have to take care of. No anywhere I can gamble this all away? Oh, I'm sure there's many places, Ronnie. I'm sure. If you want to look around, there is... She points to the phone on the wall. There's a number beside that phone, and it'll connect you to someone who will help you find whatever it is you need. Let us know if you need anything at all. Hey, I'll do that. So in this place, you have everything you can think of that you'd need. There's a fridge. There's a mini fridge in the other room. You have a room that looks like it's a recording studio where all your instruments plus more have been set up. There is the living room that has the couches. It has a very large TV. You finally have a bed and a dresser and a walk-in closet. You just have everything you need. So what would Ronnie do in his newfound place? Uh, He's going to call that desk up and see if there's any casinos around so you call up the number and you get that classic operator like operator how can i help you casino 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 hey yeah there's like there's like five what do you want where are you where am i um you're not sure i don't know so she gives you a number of different casinos, and you manage to figure out after looking at a map, trying to figure out where you are, using your address, that you're in the more swanky part of town, so there's a couple that you can hit up right away. Do you need us to send a cab to you, or like, what? Yeah, call me a cab over here. Fine. And then you hear a click. Well, better get some courage in me before I go. So make a constitution check, and let's see how good Ronnie's decisions are. Natural 20. Alrighty. So, you are perfectly fine. You got, like, a, a nice buzz going. You're got that light drunk, nothing too heavy, but you feel good. You see on the counter, there's a communicating device. It's like a small sphere that you hold on to. You can speak into it. It's fueled a lot by different kinds of divination magic. It's not entirely reliable these days, but a number of people use it. So you go on downstairs, you hop in the cab, they take you to this casino. So when you get there, this casino, since it's in the nicer part of town, your clothing, the way you're kind of set up, you haven't really had a whole lot of time to change. But luckily, the stuff that they set you up with getting onto the TV show was nice enough that the doorman actually waves you through and you didn't have to bribe him this time. 
So you get in there and there's all sorts of gambling. They also have a few very specific kinds of gambling where people are casting spells and polymorphing themselves into different kinds of monsters and then fighting each other to see who can knock out who. And there's other ones like you put your hand onto a ball and there's different places that it kind of takes your consciousness that you try to solve different games of chance. And then you have your classics like the slot machines and cards and dice. Uh, what was my pay initially? Say they gave you 10000 All right. So I'm going to go over to the crafts table. Alrighty. So they look at you. What you betting? 2000 Now, are you going to try to cheat or are you going to play it straight? Uh, I'm going to do some sleight of hand. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and rule that? Uh, so dex chat, so 17. Alright, and he's gonna make a perception. You pull off some fancy moves, you manage to switch a few things around under this guy's nose, and you win. And he's surprised that that's strange, but he shrugs it off, and he pushes another 4,000 towards you. Alright, time to hit the bar. Alright. Make one more constitution check for me. Uh, 15... 18. Okay, so you're starting to get a, a little drunk, but it's still not too bad, and I need one perception check from you. B-17. So you're sitting there having a drink, and you notice every now and then people who are playing the slot machines or sitting at a table, they turn towards you and they have this giant smile on their face, and they have that necklace dangling around with that holy symbol, and they look at you, just unblinking, big smile, and then slowly turn away. And it seems to only be these people. Every so often they'll turn towards you, and then they'll turn away. There's about five or six of them doing different things throughout the casino doing this. Hey, must have some fans around here. The bartender's like, oh, looks like you just came with some big money. Ah, you know, I do all right. How about, uh, give me a triple. Triple whiskey. Wait, he pours out. Any ice? No, just uh, use that room for more whiskey. He pours it on in and slides it your way. So the night goes on and you do a few more games, have a few more drinks, you're feeling pretty damn good. Or it's time that you start actually feeling fairly sleepy. Now, does Ronnie just keep going until he drops? Or is he the kind of guy that gets a little tired and realizes he has to go home? Well, I don't got anywhere to be. Let's see what these people are up to. I'm going to go talk to those people across the bar. You walk up to one of them and they're sitting there having a drink. Hello, Ronnie O'Connell. I saw your performance. It was amazing. Hey, always nice to meet a fan. Tell me, are you interested in joining the church? I don't know about churches. I'm really into fads, though. It seems like this one is a fad. Your boss is actually quite high in the church. Oh, well, we want to disappoint the boss. Perfect. He takes a medallion out of his pocket and he slides it towards you. And it has that sunburst and the smiling teeth on it. Hey, free jewelry. Thanks. So what do you do with it? Putting it on. Alrighty. You put on this medallion and it feels a little warm. You feel actually good. Pretty cheery, actually. So the night progresses a little more. It gets to be about three or four in the morning. You find yourself starting to nod off at the bar, and the barkeep goes, Hey, no sleep in here, pal. 
Need a cab or something? Let me sleep here for 200 gold. Alrighty, bar's yours. He takes the gold. And I take a nap. Alright, so probably about four hours later, the shifts change and a new bartender comes up and they wake you up and there's security there. Alright, pal, it's time for you to go on home. Cool, overslept. Let me get out of here. Alright, so what do you do now? Better go find some breakfast. There's a restaurant attached to the casino, of course, as always. And other than that, you can't see a whole lot of places in the area. There's no big place to grab a bite to eat. It seems like it's a lot more big businesses. Yeah, maybe later. Should try and call a cab. Okay. You manage to get a cab, and you direct it back to your place. The doorman lets you in. Just as you start to get to the place, it actually starts pouring. So you make it in just in time and get up to your place. So what do you do? You got this whole place to yourself, you got TV, you got instruments, you got food and booze? Well, let's uh, pop on the TV, see what's happening on the news. You pop on the TV, and the news comes on, and you hear a report saying, A terrible fire broke out at the bar called The Great Escape. It wasn't known for its best patrons, but unfortunately bar owner Nelson Bloodspear was found burned alive in this area. Police are not ruling out foul play and looking more into the situation. We'll have more at six. Oh, Nelson, buddy, what happened? Well, I better go, uh, better go over to that site and see if I can find my old stuff. You go, you pick up your, your classics, like the wall of the communicator, and just as you're walking towards the door, you hear a knock on it. You open the door? As you open up the door, you see standing there is a teenage girl. She's soaked head to toe in the rain, and right away you can see blood dripping down her arm onto the hallway carpet. She seems to be mostly elven in lineage, but there's a few telltale signs of human genetics here and there, like strong cheekbones, straight brown hair. Ronnie O'Connell, I know you're probably not going to believe me, but my name is Amelia. I'm the child of... Elisa Erispear, I'm your daughter, and I need your help. I have no one else to turn to. Oh, hey, you know, you get famous and these people are just coming out of the woodwork. My mother thought you'd say that. She hands you a birth certificate, and in this day and age, with the use of magic, they're able to determine who the parents are, and you see your name scrawled onto it. I, uh, pretend to look at it and read it, and then I see my name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need to come in, please. And you see the blood is flowing pretty freely from her arm. Alright, let's get you patched up. She gets in and she's pretty shaky. She's looking around the room. I didn't know you were doing so well for yourself. Mom always said you didn't really make it anywhere. You guys had a bit of a fling, but that was it. Well, what does she know? Well, I mean, she was a scholar. She studied a lot of ancient magic, so... A fair bit. I don't know why she ever went for you. She said it was something to do with your strange charm. So she sits down on one of the bar stools and she slowly tries to take off her jacket and you see what's clearly a knife wound is on her arm. Just on the upper arm. Oh, I got one of those before. You try to skip out on your bar bill? No. People are trying to kill me right now. I don't know why. I think I have an idea, but... There's, there's this woman, she started coming by the estate, as 
asked my mom about magical artifacts, abilities appearing in people, and of course my mom's naturally going to jump on this, but it's mainly about the ability to plane shift. It's naturally born into people. And I guess it turns out I have these abilities. And this woman, I think she knew. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm coming home from class, and everyone in the estate is dead. And the cops are there, and they're they're hauling off mom. And they hauled her off, and she was so distraught. Something, something broke in her. I don't, I don't know what, but whoever this person is, they did this. And those, those fucking cultists are coming after me. Hey, I think I just met people who could help us. Let's go talk to them. Who, who did you meet? It's uh, some new fad going around. She sees the necklace dangling around your neck, and she quickly gets up and takes a step back. It's those cultists. With that, and she points at the necklace. How long have you been in that church? Since, uh, two this morning. And she relaxes a bit. So you were just drinking and probably joined it? Hey, I know what I'm doing when I'm drinking. Ronnie, this is... This is serious. I... People are trying to murder me, and they framed my mom, and... Everyone in my house is dead. I tried to go stay with my aunt and uncle, and just last night they broke into there and they killed them. They dragged them out and they stabbed them in the streets. If it wasn't for our house synth, I wouldn't have made it out of there. He's fighting a bunch of people right now, the ones who did this to me. I told him where to find me. I... He should be coming back soon. Well, let's just uh, wait till he shows up then. Is there people on your side of the family who had this? I can... And she shows you she's on one side of the room and instantly she's behind you and then instantly she's right by the TV and then she's back to where she was. I can hop wherever I can see. Whatever whatever I've seen, I can go to. Whoa. How about you uh, hop over to that fridge and get me another beer? She just stares at you in disbelief. <laughs> I wish you weren't the last person I had to turn to, but she goes to the fridge and then she hops back and hands you a beer. Hey, you're alright. Who did you say could help us? My, uh, buddy's at that church. Do you think they'll come after me? Like, what happens if they're the same people who are trying to kill me? Well, we'll go talk to the manager, see what's going on. Probably just a big misunderstanding. Uh, I guess. Okay. Alright. So, how do you get a hold of your manager? Uh, do I have that communication sphere? Some way to talk to her through that? Let's use that. So you use it, and this small projection of her face appears on it, and she says, Ronnie! Oh, it's so good to hear from you. Is everything okay? Do you know I had a daughter? I didn't. A daughter? Well, aren't you full of surprises? Hey, why don't you come meet her? That sounds fantastic. I'll be there shortly. I just need to finish up a few things. Alright, see you later. A bit of time passes, and you guys are sitting there. What do you talk to her about? And how does Ronnie exactly feel about this? Ronnie is surprised and does not remember her mother. So, he's just going to ask, So, uh, which one was your mother again? My mother? My mother was named Elisa Ederspear. She... Well-known magical scholar, she studies ancient magics and inborn abilities. That's probably why this woman sought her out. 
she said she met you at some party and you guys had a fling for a summer and and I was born but I guess she kind of just didn't contact you she said it wasn't a good situation I don't know it looks like you're doing pretty well for yourself yeah look at this place got me all these instruments I actually have a dresser now you you didn't have a dresser yeah box spring too oh wow that's uh that's good I saw you on TV that's that's how I knew to go find you I was watching it when they when they came from my aunt and uncle oh more benefits being famous I I guess so she just she looks really confused she's staring at the ground she's just trying to figure things out her arms just been wrapped in gauze so after a little bit you get a buzz to let someone up oh sounds like that's my lady so you let her on up and she gets there and opens up the door and I need you to make a insight check uh eight alright as per Mr. O'Connell fashion you don't notice shit so she walks in and she says Ronnie hi I saw there was some blood in the hallway is everything okay hey it's uh my daughter came in here bleeding need some help Oh, of course. Oh, my goodness. She goes over to your daughter, and your daughter just kind of nods to her, and she looks over at her arm. Ronnie, this needs stitches. Did you just wrap it up? Well, I was going to glue it, but I'm out of glue. I see. Ah, come, dear. Sit. What's your name? She says, I'm, I'm Amelia. Amelia. It's a pleasure to meet you. And she... Takes out a first aid kit from near your washroom, breaks it back, sets it down, and says, This is going to hurt. Ronnie, could you pass me some liquor? I need to disinfect this. Hey, what kind do you want? I got uh, gin, I got whiskey, I got... What else I got? I got some rum. This bourbon will be fine. Oh, fancy taste. Here you go. So she takes it and she pours it over to the wound, and Amelia winces. And Dorum starts to begin to give her stitches, which happens fairly quickly. While she's going, it seems she's very adept at fixing scrapes. When I traveled with some friends, they often got in a lot of scraps. I had to help patch them up. Our, our cleric, my friend Matthews, he was good, but sometimes he was a little beaten up himself and I had to help out. And Amelia's like, it sounds like you're talking about adventuring. And she just smiles. And you know, in your day and age, no one goes around adventuring, fighting dragons. If anything, dragons own very large companies and integrated with society. Adventuring, eh? Where'd you say you were from? Oh, it's a... It's a ways away. Ronnie, I didn't want to bring her to the hospital because this may be bad publicity. Your daughter shows up and she's injured, there's blood... I didn't want there to be any issues. That's why we patched her up here. Now, I can have a physician come by later to take a proper look at her. Just to be sure. Hey, anything for my daughter? Of course. I'll see to it that you get another bed delivered to help in the meantime. Is there any other people we should be contacting? Her mother? Or anyone along those lines? Uh, you know what? Why don't you ask her? Amelia says, um... No. No one at the moment. It's fine. Thank you. Great. I'll be back 
Probably sometime tomorrow. You two just relax, and I guess you have a lot of catching up to do. And she takes her staff and leaves. You know, she's still wearing those same kind of robes and closes the door behind her. Ronnie, she wasn't wearing one of those necklaces of yours, so that's good at least. Well, we all can't all look this nice. I guess so. Can you can you defend yourself if someone tries to break through? Of course. What do you think? I'm uh, some kind of slouch? Well, that's good. There's a knock on the door. Suddenly, a very heavy knock. Uh, who's there? You just hear a knock again. We go take a look through the people. You see sort of the torso and lower half of what must be a very tall robotic being made out of steel. So landlord? Your daughter comes up. Who is it? What do they look like? A uh, robot guy. Oh, that's Ajax. Let him in. Alrighty. Open the door. So you open up the door and this eight foot tall robotic being completely made out of steel walks into the area. He's very little that makes him look human like the new sense of late. He looks more boxy, like a classic robot a kid would draw. He's got a very large box-like frame with a long rectangular head with two red glowing eyes and a mouth. His hands end in these large blocks that have fingers sticking from them, and his feet are also solid blocks that also look like treads can extend out of them or go back in. I have arrived. And she quickly goes up and hugs Ajax and I I thought those cultists were gonna try to kill you. I thought I thought they were gonna dismantle you. I have killed all the cultists. And it walks in and you can see there's blood on its fists. Uh let's close the door and get him in real quick. But she quickly goes and grabs a towel and starts trying to clean off the blood off his hands. He he only did that because I was being attacked. My mom's last mission to him was to look after me. Hey, you know, a lot of these people don't like these robots still, huh? Could be dangerous walking around with him. We had to hide him when the whole revolution was going. The authorities came by and they wanted to dismantle him, but we managed to hide him and nothing bad happened. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have lasted this long with all these people chasing me. Well, maybe next time we put him a disguise on him. Yeah, maybe a hat. So, uh... It's still only like five or six in the morning. You didn't get a whole lot of sleep, nor any food. Gonna find some to eat. And then I actually do have disguise kits. I wonder if I can change one of those to fit a robot. You definitely could try. Yeah, we're gonna try for one of those. Okay. So you managed to find some uh, pretty quick food. There's a lot of those like instant meal kind of foods. Pop it in the microwave or pop it in the oven and it's ready in 20 minutes. They guessed that you weren't going to be doing a lot of gourmet cooking. They were right. And you find one of your disguise kits, and it has a few things that you can put onto this robot. You could try to make him look like a, maybe an ogre or a troll. Like, I do actually have items of disguise kit. I wonder, can I modify those to make him look like a... Yeah, make him look like a troll? Yeah, definitely. Alright, let's do that. Roll for that? Yes. So... I think the role that you would want to do, so you're trying to deceive people, is deception. Uh, 15, what is that, 25? Oh, wow. It's, like, a perfect disguise. For a second, like, you turn away and you look back and you're like, oh, shit, it's a troll in here. And 
You know it's him from these glowing red eyes. It's the only giveaway. But if a person was just looking, they wouldn't really notice unless they actually came up and started poking and prodding him. Uh, who's going to poke a troll? Exactly. Wow, you're you're really good at this. Were you like a makeup artist or something for a movie? Hey, I spent, spent four hours a day trying to look like this. Yeah, that, that pompadour is pretty styling. I gotta try to get some sleep. I'm... I'm tired. I haven't slept all night. I'm... I'm just gonna crash on the couch, okay? Ah, why don't you take the bed? I'll take the couch. Okay, sure. Thanks. And she wanders off to the bed, and the synth just stands near the door. Hey, you keep watch. I'm gonna take a nap, too. Of course. Time for nightcap. <laughs> so you finish a drink, and you crash on the couch. A number of hours pass by, and you slowly start waking up, and just as you're kind of blinking open your eyes, that piercing sound comes on from one of those emergency broadcasting signals, and you look over at the TV, and the light just lights up this whole room, and your daughter's standing there. It looks like she just got up as well, and suddenly it changes from that screen of the colors coming down in grid to a dwarven woman sitting at a news desk. Good evening. Many of you know me in your evening news as Clithia Stonehammer. I need to tell you all something important. There are strange things going on and happening all around this city, and no one is reacting to them. Hundreds of people are going missing. Undead are being spotted outside of restricted labor zones. And this cult has been spreading like wildfire. This cult isn't a fad. This cult is real. And whatever this shining god is, it is consuming our city and no one is reacting to it. If you've seen anything, you need to help. You need to help stop it. You must inform as many as you can. I saw a woman wearing these old-fashioned robes and a staff just murder an entire band that was supposed to play on that late show. And not a person said a thing. Numerous people saw this and they turned away like it was nothing out of the ordinary. We need... We need to... We... And you see she starts to choke and blood begins leaking out of her eyes, her nose, her mouth, and her ears. She looks confused for a second and her eyes widen and she goes, You! And she collapses onto the desk and blood just pools out. And you hear the clink of a staff off screen, and then the channel goes back to that colorful image and the emergency broadcast beep. Oh, that's really something. What the fuck was that? I mean, uh, I've never seen it before. No, I think that was, that was a live broadcast. She just, someone used magic on her. She said a woman in robes and a staff. There's not a lot of people like that. Wasn't that what your manager wears? Yeah, that is kind of strange. They said a whole band got murdered. I better watch out, I'm a band. Yeah, it seems I'm not the only one being targeted. You gotta be careful around this cult. something going on. Well, it looks like my old apartment burned down, so I guess I'm stuck here for a while. Well, I mean, it looks pretty nice here, so... And there's security at the door, and we have Ajax here to help us out. He's pretty tough. You feel your comm unit, the sphere, buzzing on you. Hello? Ronnie! 
I was wondering, we have a new interview for you, a spot on Good Morning Celindia, and they'll actually be able to interview you tomorrow. You seem to be getting a pretty big hit, and I was wondering, did you want to go for dinner tonight? We can discuss your next live interview. Free dinner sounds nice. Perfect. Should I expect your daughter to be coming along, or will it be just you? No, I don't think she'll be able to make it. Okay, that's not a problem. I'll have a car come by and pick you up, say, six. All right. All right, see you then. And then it just turns off. Well, I'll uh, see what's going on with her when I talk to her tonight. Just be careful. I mean, you said you can handle her yourself, but if she uses magic, that looked like a pretty powerful spell. Uh, so what do you and your daughter do for the remainder of the afternoon? Because you slept through the morning. Hmm. I'm not sure. We're trapping this thing. Let's see if I can start packing, like hiding a dag, my dagger in my clothes I'm going to be going out with soon. Sure. In this world, are there things like guns, or do people still use things like wands and that kind of stuff? Uh, I would say, not not wands, not magic, but like just daggers and and long swords and stuff like that. Okay, so they still use sort of the medieval weapons of choice. Uh, yeah, it's a fad right now. Okay. <laughs> Naturally. So, uh, roll me a sleight of hand to hide a dagger on you. Uh, 11... 18? Yeah, you managed to hide it on you, no problem. You just have it in your breast pocket, and you manage to tape it up a bit so that it's not stabbing into you. Okay, and, uh, I, you know, I'm going to do the same thing and see if I can get armor under my clothes. Sure. I'll have that one be, a. So are you trying to make it that it's not noticeable that you're wearing leather armor? Uh, yeah. So let's try to go with a disguise this time and roll a deception. Okay, so that's a 20. Yeah, so a 20, you managed to hide it pretty good. Doesn't even look like a lot. It looks like you may have gained a little bit of weight. That's it. Okay. So time passes on while you're doing this. You manage to get it all just right, and you get ready for dinner. And the car pulls up. And your hair's all styled, and you hop in it, and Dorm's in there with the synth driver. Well, Ronnie, are you ready for an evening? Uh, yeah, you betcha. So they take you out to this fairly swanky restaurant, and she gets out and walks up with you, and you get seated at a nice table. And food is getting brought along. You don't even order. It's one of those ones where you just sit down, and they bring you the meal piece by piece. So, Ronnie, I wanted to talk to you. This Good Morning Celindia, it's a very family-oriented show, so they are going to ask you questions about family. Hey, I got one of those. Indeed you do. So, I looked a little bit into your daughter's history. It seems that her mother has been imprisoned very recently, as well as her aunt and uncle have been murdered. Did you know any of this? Well, it's just, uh, let's just not bring that part up. Yeah, I'll see if they can avoid it, because if I was able to figure out this easily, I'm sure the interviewer will also know these things. But just be prepared when they talk to you about your family. Alright, good looking out. While she's talking to you, make a perception check. Eight. Eight? You don't really notice a whole lot, but one thing you do actually notice is when you're talking to her every so often, her eyes, the natural yellow that they have go green for a moment and then they go back to being yellow and then they start going green again it's uh 
Got some crazy eyes there. As you point that out, she takes a sharp breath in, and suddenly her cool and collected appearance that she always has just drops. Her eyes go completely green, and she suddenly looks very distraught. Oh my. This... I'm in control. Ronnie. Ronnie, please. You need to help me. I've done some terrible things. I... There's a thing in my body. I can't control this thing. I haven't been out in 30 years. I've I've just been pushed to the back of the mind. For some reason, you're the only person I've come in contact with and it, I've started coming forward. She doesn't even do evil things around you, but what is this? Are you using some kind of magic? Nope. Uh, it's first for me too. Ronnie, I, this is important. I'm not from this world, and the creature that's controlling me is looking for something, and it has something to do with that interview. I don't know what it is, but you seem to have some ability to stop her. You need to go to that interview tomorrow. You need to stop her, whatever you do. There will be some sign, and you need to act on it. There's an ancient evil that this thing is working for. Would, would you help me stop it? I swear, after you help me, I will do everything in my power to get you fame, money, whatever it is you need. Hey, you're the one writing the checks. She nods and she starts crying. I, I've just been an observer in my own body for so long and this thing has killed so many people, that poor reporter. And then just after that, she kind of takes another breath in and then shakes her head a little bit. I'm sorry about that, Ronnie. Uh, something happened. Whew. Anyways, tomorrow, that interview. Let's meet up there at 8 in the morning, because the show's on pretty early. Does that sound good? And her eyes are back to being yellow. Alright, so I'm going to head back. You get back home, and your daughter's there anxiously. She's standing there with your sword, and it looks like it's too big for her, but she's holding on to it anyways. And you see that Ajax is crouched. What happened? Did did everything go okay? Did she try to hurt you? Said there was something controlling her, and uh, seemed pretty serious about it. Uh, she said someone's gonna try and attack me during this interview. So, but uh, I need to go there and figure out what's going on. Man, our family gets pulled in some weird ass shit. Let's be ready to go tomorrow morning. I feel like we're gonna have to split pretty quick. Well, everything I own is on me, so um, we should pack a bag for you and just have it ready, and I can carry it. Is there anything you need specifically? Gonna need my Casio keyboard and whatever rations and stuff I have. Whatever can be packed in that bag. How big is that Casio keyboard? Say it's like let's say it has a strap on it. You can strap to your back, like it's I don't know three feet or something. So she'll take the keyboard out and get it all ready to go for tomorrow she's about 15 years old so she can reasonably carry this as well as she gets a bag ready with some clothes for you and some food okay we can strap it to the robot too so that's true so this interview should we go with you or what should we do why don't you come to the building and just hang around the back door okay so, what do you do to prep for tomorrow's interview? Is there any other thing that you get ready? Well, I already got all my armor stuff on. I don't think I really have any other stuff, so I'm just going to rest up. Okay. 
when you're taking her to the building, does she come in the car with you, or is she going to get there on her own? Uh, on her own. Okay. The car pulls up for you in the morning, and once again, same synth driver, he drives you to the building. It's fairly close to the last place that you had a televised performance. As you get out of the car, and you start walking towards the doors of the building, you see a figure stumble out of the alleyway. They're clad in these glowing white robes, and they're wearing a pallid white mask with no eye holes. They have a hand pressed against their stomach that seems to be leaking a white liquid. Ronnie O'Connell, I have found you. I am Truth. I have been sent to recruit you for a war. You must come here before it is too late. And he staggers towards you, holding out a hand. And even though he seems heavily wounded, his voice seems quite strong. War. How's that pay? He takes another step towards you. We can pay you in power. Whatever power it is you desire, we can give you this power if you succeed. There's an ancient evil that must be stopped, Mr. O'Connell. And you seem to be key. More of his blood starts pouring out. You see there's actually a bit of a tear in his side where some organs are sticking out. <laughs> Save the world. Famous across the galaxy. Let's go. So he holds out his hand to you. Uh, take his hand? So he grabs onto your left hand, and then he starts squeezing it. And you feel suddenly the bones in your hand start crunching and crushing and feeling like they're breaking and the top of your hand is throbbing and you lose your breath for a moment and can't speak as he squeezes more and more and it feels like it's almost too much and then he lets go and your hand is fine again and you see on top of your hand is a symbol where there's a small sphere and three tendrils that are sticking out of it there are two tendrils going one way and one tendril going the other way. And it seems almost like it moves on your hand a little bit, as if there was like a wind that made it sway back and forth a bit. You have been marked. When you leave the mortal coil, you shall join the front lines. And he falls to the ground and blood pools out from him. Oh, better get away from this guy. I don't ruin my reputation. <laughs> What do you do next? Do you still go into the interview? Yeah, let's say I do. You go up, you're, it's the same process. Somebody quickly leads you up to the dressing room and they start applying makeup and hairspray, getting you ready for the show. The person working on you has that wide grin and their eyes are wide and you see the cult chain dangling from their neck, the sunburst with a set of smiling teeth. You're all set. Just walk out on the set and there'll be a seat there for you. Hey, thanks. I walk out there. So you walk out there and you see there's a full crowd and it's all people wearing the same necklace and they're all smiling and they cheer and clap for you as you come on out. You see Doran sitting in one of the chairs on the set and across from her is a man with a wide smile wearing sunglasses. And you know this is the famous show host, Rithgar Tyrithium. And there's a chair right beside Doran. Welcome, Mr. Ronnie O'Connell. Why don't you take a seat? Hey, thanks. Nice to meet you. So tell me a bit about yourself, Ronnie. You seem to be making it big in the showbiz right now. Well, it took, took me a while to get here, but I'm here now, and I'm just uh, just trying to please all the crowd. And we are better off for it, I have to say. 
So tell me, there has been rumors around and reporters have mentioned of you reconnecting with a daughter you never even knew you had. Well, you know, uh, I'm sure she's not the only one. Is Amelia staying with you? Uh, no, she has her own place. Where is Amelia? And he leans forward. You know, she's staying with some friends. He takes off his sunglasses, and what you see is fairly grotesque, as it looks like his eyeballs have been scooped out, and there's just these blackened holes of where his eyes should be. And he's smiling at you, and he points towards where you came from, and suddenly, walking onto the stage, there's a number of swords and crossbows pointed at Amelia and Ajax as they come walking in. You see there's blood splattered on Ajax where he must have taken out a few of them, but they got brought in and they're looking towards you. So it seems this troll was hanging out with your daughter at the back of the building. That's interesting. And then you look to the crowd and all of them are standing there with a number of crossbows pointed towards you and pointed towards Ajax. And Dora straightens up uh, her robes and stands. Ronnie, you see, I need your daughter. Now I've enjoyed our fun little game in this world, but the truth of the matter is that your daughter is very important to me and I need you to let me take her. She seems to care about you. And I can see why, as you're very charming in your own way, then she heard that we were going to kill you. She came up and stopped fighting. If you let us take your daughter, we'll give you a career of everlasting fame and glory. What do you say, Ronnie? Oh, she got to me ten minutes ago. I already made that deal. I'm sorry. What? Gonna show him that little thing on my hand. Tell him I already got signed. She looked at you, and she looks at the symbol, and suddenly her hair starts to rise up as there's static in the room, and she says, Ronnie, you stand in the way of progress, and you sign with that yellow brat. Oh, no, no, no. This will not stand. I liked you, Ronnie, and the woman in here liked you, and I was going to make you my right hand, but not anymore. No. And she waves her hand, and suddenly you hear all the twangs of the crossbows go off as you look at Doram's face and there's tears coming down. These projectiles just fire into your body and start piercing you, flinging you back off your chair. A number of them hit you and they start hitting you in the legs and they start hitting you in the side as you're there on the ground and everything seems to be moving in slow motion. Amelia screams and tries to rush towards you. But Ajax grabs her, and suddenly they both disappear in this flash of cyan blue light. And you hear Doram scream about her getting away. And your left hand begins to throb as the symbol starts to glow more and more yellow. And then you hear another scream sound out as Doram waves her hand, and suddenly all the cultists in the area have their heads exploded simultaneously. Gore coats this entire stage and surrounding the area. She rushes up to you and her eyes are shining green and she says, No, 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 no. What did it do, Ronnie? Please don't die on me. You're our only hope. I need you by my side. I need your help. And she keeps talking and pleading to you as your vision begins to fade and her eyes slowly shift back to yellow. And a smile creeps across her face. 
then everything goes to black, and you feel the sensation that you're falling. Boy, that Ronnie can really tickle the ivories, I'd say. It was a shame to see him go. I tried to keep him, I tried to tell him it was a fad, but... You know how he is, the moment that one thing catches his eye, he's off. I'd swear he was a reincarnation of a crow or something. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's tale of Ronnie the Half-Elf Bard. Join us next week for the last introduction. Emzy, the Gith Yankee Ranger, Hunter of Elithid, Destroyer of Aberration. If you wish to read more of my thoughts, join me on the Nethersphere of Twitter at Ballad 7 Dice and to aid me in the quest of spreading news of the Ballad of the Seven Dice and to aid me in spreading this tale once more that was robbed from our memories please send in reviews on the Etunes this will help other travelers realize that there is a blank spot in their memories and perhaps they will come and listen well travelers that is all for now I bid you adieu